Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. a statement here. It's a beautiful song. Well done. Are you still going to have that at two o'clock in the morning? When the Holy Spirit says, get up and pray. You're still going to have that available when you have to go out of your way and maybe you have to give up something that you want in order to fulfill what God wants. Now listen very carefully. Anything you give up is not worthy to be compared to what he's got in mind. But I am going to tell you, you will have to die to the flesh to fulfill that song. There are going to be times you're going to have to suck suck up an attitude. Woo, shut me down, man. Okay? Listen very carefully. The, the lyrics to the song are more important, listen very carefully, than how well it was done. Okay? Church, let me, let me rephrase that. Let me put it another way. Worship without obedience is not worship at all. You're in an atmosphere that's different. But when your routine gets interrupted by the Holy Spirit, are you still going to say, I'm available? Or you say, no, I'm going to hang on to my attitude till Sunday. Are you follow what I'm saying? Now, this, I, I'm not trying to throw cold water on you. I'm trying to bring realistic with you. Sometimes we get inside these four walls and we get unrealistic. We think that life is just floating through the clouds, tiptoeing through the tulips, and that Jesus, that Jesus, that Jesus is just a flower child. When in reality, the reality is life on this planet can be crushing, can be hard. But when you give it over to Jesus and you still tell him I'm available, Holy Spirit, lead me. And you make that your heart cry every day. Then God will say, okay, I can trust you. When he says, I trust you, then he's going to start revealing things to you. Putting you in positions to kick the devil's butt. You follow me? You don't kick the devil's butt by just feeling like you did. You do it by faith 
And I'm going to tell you what I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Most of the time, most of the time, when God uses me the best, I didn't feel like him using me. Are you following me? I'm saying that to you to take this song now and don't just use it as a... See, I like music. I, I listen to music a lot and it's all Christian, believe me. I don't listen to any other junk. All that junk out there. And then I have to weed through Christian songs. But here's my point. I don't want you to think that I don't want you to worship God, but worship to God without following through with obedience. This song means nothing if you don't follow through with obedience. And God will ask you to do some stuff sometimes that you got to dig real deep, die to yourself, follow through, and guess what happens? There's where the miraculous power of God comes in. Now you really want to say, stay, say this with me again. I am available. I am available. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say, God, I, I don't want you to take it. I, want, I am available. I mean what I say. Say it again. I am, I am available. That means God may make you step out of the way when you deal with somebody in the grocery store. When you're in a hurry and you want to get through the line, God may have you sit there for a little while because he's got somebody coming up to that situation that needs you right just then. And you've you got your own plan and your own agenda to hurry through the line. Woo, turn to your neighbor and say, God's talking to you. I can tell it. Glory to God. Let's pray before we're seated, all right? Father, we worship you. We praise you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your spirits that, that's here. And Lord, we thank you right now when you're in the room, your love is on the move. Lord, we worship you and we praise you. And Lord, we clear our minds and we open up our hearts. We thank you for the entrance of your word bringing light and understanding. Holy Spirit, think through me. Talk through me. We want to hear what you have to say to the church that's relevant today we give you the praise and the honor and the glory in the wonderful name of Jesus and everybody said amen, amen. give somebody a high five say you're about to hear from God now God's already been talking to you through the songs prepping you for revelation knowledge the other day a pastor's owner was teaching actually Wednesday by the way, Wednesdays, I mean Thursday, I said Wednesday, but Thursday Bible study. Thursday Bible study will kick up after the new year. The reason why, the mind of the Holy Spirit. You know, there are times that you just got to pull back, find out, okay, Lord, what's your agenda and direction? So Thursday Bible study will not take place until after the first of the year. Are you following? Okay. But this last Thursday... Pastor Zona was teaching on the woman that, that uh, her, her husband died. And uh, he was one of the sons of the prophets. And she came to the prophet and said, what are you, I, 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 they're fixing about to collect on a debt. And I don't have the money. My husband is dead. And they're going to take my two sons into, into 
servanthood. If, if, so what do you want me to do? And this is what she said. You can go back. You can go back. Okay. Thank God for podcasting. Go back and do all that. But here's what came to me. Because she said this thing. He said, go borrow a bunch of vessels. Take that little bit of oil and start pouring it. But shut the door. Everybody say, shut the door. Glory to God. This is, this, I'm deviating just for a moment because somebody needs to hear this. And it's shutting the opinions of the world out, shutting all that out, and shutting you in. And it reminded me of a song. Jesus, help me to do this. <laughs> Shut in with God in a secret place. There in the spirit, beholding his face. Gaining new power to run in this race. I love to be shut in with God. That's a song that we used to sing when I was a kid. A lot of people want a quick fix without shutting in with God. We live in a society that's impatient, taps their foot at the microwave. We have instant pudding, instant gravy, instant mess. And God wants to, God, you know what I find out? The best, I, how many of you take raw meat and cook it in the microwave? It's tough, tough, tough. But when you put it in the slow cooker and let it just simmer, it's tender, it's tasty, and you gold, gold yourself on it. Huh? No, no, nobody here? Any honest people? Or have they all gone to the other church? Okay. We all do that. Because we understand that it takes some time. If you're going to get Understanding from God, revelation, knowledge. Jesus said that's how he builds the church. You're going to have to shut in with God. And you're going to have to be faithful to it. It's not a one-time trip. Your, your important schedule is minor compared to God's schedule of eternity. Are you following me? Now, don't misunderstand. I, I, I get just as busy as anybody else, and there's a lot of things to do. But the key to hearing God is to get with him, shut the door to all the activities of life, and shut in with him, and, 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 and tell God, I want to hear from you. I want you to talk to me. I want to be led of your spirit. I set my agendas aside. In fact, I give you all, not only my cares, but I give you my wants and my desires. There are some things that I have wanted. How many of you ever got something that you've wanted and after you got it, you wasn't sure you wanted it anymore? You know that new car? When the first payment shows up? <laughs> you see, sometimes... 
we want things and we think that we really want them or have to have them. And in reality, God's got something bigger and better in mind. And so we have to take what we want and our desires and lay them before and say, God, I don't even know what I should desire. I don't even know what I, what I want. You know, Zona asked me the other day, what do you want for Christmas? I don't know. <laughs> now, listen very carefully. Faith can't work when there's no hope. And when I say hope, please, please, I've said this for many years and I'm saying it again. Hope is not a wish. It's an expectation based on a, on a desire. And, and many people think that God will just give you what you need. No, he'll give you what to desire. He wants, he wants to take your whole life and re- constructed to where your life now is his plan. Well, let me say it another way. You take your life and you fit it into God's plan. In other words, you just give it to God and let him plan it out. And too many Christians are trying to come and learn principles that are based on something that is nothing, uh, that principles that are that are truth, that's what laws are, are principles based on truth. And, and we pervert that principle by having a corrupt agenda. And many times we don't even know it. Okay? Many times we don't even know it. I'm saying that to help you to understand the availability that you, if you're going to make yourself available to God, you've got to shut in with God in that secret place. Let him give you new power to run this race. What God's got in mind for you, you can't even imagine for yourself. And, and it, it, it'll transform your life. It's not enough. Listen very carefully. I want, I want everybody to hear me. Many people think that Jesus came, went to the cross to forgive them of their, of their sins. That's the starting point. That's not the end. Too many churches, too many pastors preach that that's the end. And that's not the end. That's the starting point. To forgive you of your sins. But then he wants to transform your life so he doesn't have to keep repeating forgiving you of that same sin. He wants to totally transform it from a caterpillar to a butterfly. I said another, to that ugly worm, to something that looks, that looks lovely. It's a transformation. Now, I've got I've to go back to this because we've invested a lot of time God has a divine order for humanity. He has a divine order for your life. And the first law of God is he takes things that are messed up and begins to rearrange them in a divine order. God uses systems to deal with mankind. 
And we don't want to deal with that because we just, we don't like systems because systems means that we have to follow protocol. Protocol means a, a, an arrangement and an orderly arrangement of first things first. You cannot take two, or let me put, you can't take one and put it where f the number 50 is and have the system work. And man without God being first in their life is a broken system. Okay, that's what fallen human nature is. It's a broken system. And that system being broken always causes a wrong outcome. Do you realize that you could go to church inside the building when we meet on Sunday morning all of your life and go to hell? Well, God, I, I went to church every Sunday for the last 10 years, but it went over your head. You still think the same sinful way. You still make the same stupid choices, and it keeps going over your head. God doesn't deal with externals. He deals with internals that changes the external. And if the system is broken on the inside, you're the equation is always going to be off. It'll never be correct. It'll never be based on truth. It'll be based on a lie. Every single time. Now, that also leads us to the understanding that if we get God's protocols, priorities, first things first, God's first things first, and we follow his laws and all those are principles based on truth with those protocols, then we can get an outcome, listen carefully, that is predictable. It works every single time. The only time that my life has ever been screwed up is the times that I got all of that all mixed up Can I help you? The only times your life ever got screwed up is when you got it all mixed up. There have been times that I've hit and missed, and I, I said, God, how come we hit and miss? And then we hit and miss because we don't understand that God deals with systems. And he has laws that govern those systems, which is a principle based on truth. Truth is absolute. It's not an opinion-based. A principle cannot be opinion-based. That's a theory. It's, it's not an opinion-based. It's based on truth. That's what makes it a principle. Okay? Now, lawlessness is the disregard of that principle that's based on truth. And I'm going to say it another way. This is the first time I've ever said it like this, but I want you to get it. Lawlessness is the disregarding of truth. 
We've seen that in the streets in the last, well, we've seen it in the streets the last two years. It's a regard, a disregard of truth, absolutes. And because it's a disregard, guess what we have? We have rioting in the streets. We have, we, people are, you know, let me put it another way. I, I, I'll take it to another extre- uh, avenue. When you disregard the principle of working, then you will be in poverty for the rest of your life. And anybody that aids and abets that is helping people to disregard truth. I've had people try to put me on the guilt trip because I'm a pastor. Now, you, you ought to live behind a church for eight years. <laughs> use and abuse, use and abuse. And, and people come to you and they want, they want you to fix their problem temporarily. They don't want you to change them. Give me some money to get my fat out of the fire for a little bit. But I don't want to change. And in reality, the disregard for that truth, that principle, will keep them in poverty. I've had them call me all kinds of names. I'll never forget one time. Zona told that story here lately on Thursday, but I'm going to tell you again. I'm kind of talking to you now. I had this all lined out, but. We used to have a Christian school here, and uh, this has been decades ago. And uh, there was a guy that, he's a big man, huge. And he came in uh, uh, while school was going on, and he, he was just living on the streets. And he came in, and, and he, uh, <laughs> he wanted to know if we had something for him to eat. And I said, well, the only thing that we have right here is chips and soda. And so I, I said, I'll give you some chips and soda. Now, listen very carefully. I want you to watch this. He started coming every day at the same time. Now, this went on for a week or two. In fact, he even showed up at church one time, and my dad took him to get a haircut, bought him some new jeans, took him someplace, I don't know where it was, thank God it wasn't my house, (laughs) to bathe and everything like that, get cleaned up. But he started coming every day. Now, he's been wandering the streets, not not endeavoring to help anybody else but himself. And he came in one one day about the same time, and he says, uh, where's my chips and soda? Now, Banny Rooster came out. Zona sitting, we were in the hallway when this conversation was going on. Zona sitting across the dish, she could have a clear view. And she, she, she saw what happened to me. And I looked at him. And I pointed my finger at him. 
And I said, this is going to be the last day that you get this stuff free. I said, from now on, if you ever come back here again, I'm going to hand you a broom, and then you'll get your chips and soda. And he, I mean, he went ballistic. He just went wild. He started ranting and ranting. That's just like all you preachers. You know, when a man's down on his luck, you just don't want to help him, and y'all just want all the money anyway, and just went off. I mean, and I mean, I think he even said a few cuss words at me and just went ballistic. When he got through, I said, just remember, tomorrow, if you want this, you're going to have a broom first. And he went out the door, slammed the door behind him, cussing and ranting and raving. Now, here's what I'm, I'm telling you this story for a reason. The, la the last time I saw that guy, he was, he was bumming off of somebody over at South Park Mall. The reason why I'm telling you this is that's the attitude that a lot of people have in our generation. Yet, at the same time, God has allowed circumstances to motivate us to know that something's wrong. And we cannot expect to receive from God if we don't align ourselves up with his truth. The truth of the matter was the man was lazy. And we ate and abetted his laziness. Laziness is a disregard for the truth of work. Work is a blessing. It's not a curse. So quit listening to Johnny Paycheck say, take this job and shove it. Okay? Your work, the, the reason why work has become such a curse word is because we have worked with, and, and it's been manipulated. We don't work with what, what God created us to do to enjoy work. We don't enjoy working anymore because we don't see the fruit of our labors. It's been manipulated. And God's telling us that the system has been broken and I can fix it. In fact, if you will listen to the eternal truths of the word of God, it can be fixed. And be a better than anything we've ever thought of. One of the Bible teaches us one of the things that absolutely is a blessing from God. Is to be able to eat the fruit of the work of your hands. But we haven't been able to eat the fruit of the work of our hands. Because it's been manipulated. But God is changing that. You do not want to miss where we're going in 2022. I'm going to be revealing it to you here in the first week or so of January. And it's been broken. The system has been broken because the system of fallen human nature has ignored God's system. When a person gets born again, makes Jesus the Lord of their lives, you, you, you come into a new system of the way God deals with mankind. 
That new creation, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And you go on and read the rest of it, and all things are of God. We could say it another way. Everything in this new creation system is of God. You won't be able to manipulate that. Okay? So anytime we take fallen human nature and try to manipulate God, guess what? It doesn't work. We fall under the laws of the old creation. Are you, are you following that? It's kind of like this. You cannot, this is the way Christians do. We think that if we get everybody praying, God has to answer. Now, everybody in this room, everybody in this sound of my voice, everybody on this planet can pray. But all of us praying at one time for the same situation cannot twist God's arm to do anything. So what does that mean? James tells us that when we pray, a lot of times we pray amiss. Why? Because we're not yielding to the laws that govern the new system. And one of those laws is the law of faith. Now, when we talk about the law of faith, we get confused over the faith that we have, human faith. Human faith is one of the most fickle things in the whole world. Okay? You never know what squarely human faith is going to do. Today it will say, God, I'm available. And then he tells you at 2 o'clock, I want you to get up and pray. No, I'm not available no more. <laughs> That's human faith. You follow? The God kind of faith is consistent. So when God talks about the law of faith, he's talking about his faith. You follow that? His faith. Now, where do we get his faith? By heeding, hearing. But I know outward hearing, but I'm talking about heeding with the heart what God has to say. Not just throw it out there, okay, that's your opinion, God. Now, here's mine. No, 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 no. When you get to the place that you know God, that he says what he means and means what he says. If it's not working, where did I miss it, God? Where did I miss it? Now, I know many humans do not like to deal with what I'm talking about today. But if you'll humble yourself and get real with God, you're going to understand that the only person that could possibly miss it is you. It couldn't be God. Because God's never wrong. Are you, are you listening to me? That's a hard, I know these are hard, hard statements, but they bring you into reality. In the new creation, the law of faith has to be operating when you pray. 
in order to get results. I'm talking about the God kind of results. Every prom, every, let me, every prayer should be based upon what God promised. Okay? And every promise is exceedingly above every need that you have. These are exceeding great and precious promises, Peter said. And by these were made partakers of the divine nature. Listen carefully. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So every prayer has to be based on a promise. If not, it is simply nothing more than religious garb. You understand what I'm saying? Thank you, Jesus. The law that empowers in the new creation, that empowers the law of faith, is the law of love. Now, when we say love, we're not talking about our affection for one another, and we're not even talking about our affection for God. We're talking about God's affection for us, God's love for us. It's called agape in the New Testament, and it's called hasid in the Old. It's God's love for us. Listen very carefully. When we talk about the law of faith, We could say it another way. The law of faithfulness. What energizes the law of faithfulness is the law of love. What causes God to be faithful? Because God is love. He will be faithful because he loves you. He's not going to deviate from his word. Now, that doesn't mean you won't. It means God won't. He's consistent. So why do we make statements as if God is squirrely? Like he, he, you never know what side of the bed he's going to wake up on. It's because we don't understand that God's going to be faithful to his word because he is love. He won't deviate from it. Are you, are you following that? God wants people healed. Now, I'm going to prove that to you. And a lot of, a lot of squirrely Christians now don't believe God will heal today. It's because they don't know God. They understand him in forgiveness, but they don't understand him in healing. If God did not really want you healed, and he sent the corona, you have some squirrely preachers that are making that statement. By the way, you do realize, if you do follow the science, that man did this. I'll just throw that out there. I'll probably get censured over that. <laughs> if 
God doesn't want you healed, then why did he make Jesus pay the price? Well, then, Pastor Ronnie, why aren't I healed? Because you don't understand how God deals with humanity now. You don't understand the laws that govern this system and order of the way he works with mankind. You say, well, well, you just can't understand God. I've heard Christians say that before. Well, you just can't understand God. He's so infinite and you're so stupid. God, no, God wants you to understand him. Why would he want to have a relationship with you if he did not want you to understand him? Every person in the sound of my voice wants to be understood, and but when it comes to God, he don't want us to understand him. As if he wants us to keep guessing. That's the biggest lie of the devil. He does want us to where we don't second guess him. Where we don't doubt him. Where we know that it's true. That it is sure and steadfast. And you can stake your whole being on it. God wants you to understand him. One of the, I'm going to give you a big clue right here. You got to do this, your study for yourself. You got to shut yourself in with God and get this yourself. Look at everything that the Bible says God is. Okay? When you start seeing that, you start seeing the character the attributes of God, and then you're going to start thinking, what have I been told and trained all of my life and even my own preconceived ideas has lied to me? Jesus paid the price for us to live his life. But the life of Christ is governed by the law of his love. If we want to have power, love has to be the preeminence. This law is called the royal law in the book of James. That means this law governs or energizes and makes all the other laws work. If you try to use the law of faith without the law of love, you took away faith's power. That's the reason why, listen carefully. I, I know I'm going to make some statements here that are, are they're going to kind of maybe hit you in the gut, but that's okay. I want you to wake up right here. Some people don't get healed because they refuse to operate in the law of love. They would rather hang on to an old grievance than they would to let it go. 
and give it to God. And so the devil creeps in and takes advantage of that loophole. And there's no amount of prayer that can change that. It's repentance. Listen, I can pray until I rub all the hair off your head, lay hands on you. You will never get healed if you refuse to forgive and let go of a past grievance. Won't happen. Yet we play these silly games because we don't understand the system. He said, Brother Ronnie, this is getting close to Christmas. Aren't you supposed to be nice? This is one of the most loving sermons I've ever preached. Now, in order to forgive a past grievance that you have remembered every day of your life for the last 10 years, means you're going to have to retrain your thinking. And that is a process. Wow. How many of you ever tried to change the way you think? How many of you did it in five seconds? No, you didn't. Because you're driving down the road thinking you got took, taken care of it on Sunday morning and you're driving down the road and all of a sudden that thought creeps back up again. You got to change the way you think. To do that, you got to renew your mind. First of all, you're going to have to recognize it's your thinking. You got to get rid of it. Listen, you can't move forward by driving backwards. Are you listening? You know, some people have graduated from high school 20 years ago, but they're still living in high school. I don't regret leaving high school. In fact, I don't regret being 66. Some people say, well, I don't like getting old. Well, you consider the alternative stupid? You do know what the alternative is, don't you? Okay. Think a little bit. Peel that nonsense out of your vocabulary. Change the way you talk. Now, does that mean that, does that mean that uh, uh, I'm old? No. In fact, I want to tell you this. Listen very carefully. These are my golden years. I had to go through all the bronze years. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm now getting where I have a little sense to at least know what direction to point in. What I'm trying to help you understand is you, you, you cannot keep living the past in order to have a bright future. There are some things you just got to let go and you learn from. <laughs> Jesus came to give you the good life. Oh, wow. Let, let me, y'all want me to read a verse of scripture, right? 
Proverbs 31, 26 makes this statement. In Proverbs 31, it's dealing with what we refer to as the virtuous woman. Now, now, I know it refers to all the ladies, but let's back up here. The Bible teaches that wisdom is referred in the feminine sense. In other words, wisdom is referred to as a she. Maybe that's why many of us guys are in trouble. <laughs> so when it deals with the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, it talks about a specific verse. And by the way, virtuous means moral excellence. It mentions in verse 26, listen to it. She openeth her mouth with wisdom. This is a virtuous woman, the one that has moral excellence. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. Now, this word kindness is the Hebrew word hasid, which is equivalent to the Greek word in the New Testament called agape. So we can say it this way, in her mouth or in her tongue is the law of agape or the law of love. It includes compassion, but compassion is more of the emotional motivation side of love. Now, wisdom, if we're referring to, we could say it this way, wisdom has in her mouth the law of love. Wisdom has in her mouth the law of love. Now, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge correctly. What is knowledge? Knowledge is information. We're bombarded. We're in the age of information. We're bombarded with all kinds of information. Much of it is fake and is really not information because true knowledge is, has truth in it. It is true. You follow me? It is solid. It is, it, it is fact. It is true. Much of what we're accustomed to is fake information. Fake information now acted upon. Let me back up. Fake information will never have wisdom involved. Let me give you an example. Do you really think we're going to get justice by burning down our infrastructure? Okay. But you got some people in our generation now that are burning down, destroying our cities, demanding justice. Well, if we're going to demand justice, you go to jail. 
You follow what I'm saying? Wisdom never can be found in fake information. You can wisdom will never work with fake information. So that means information, ha, true information has to be based in truth. It has to have its fundamental uh, establishment. It has to have its foundation in truth. So if we're going to operate in wisdom, then we have to verify our information as truth. Now, are you ready for this? I pray you are. Much of what we see is not truth. We can take a video shot of something, put it on social media, and everybody gets in an uproar when in reality, it didn't tell the whole story. And so guess what? We took what we saw now and we're trying to make wisdom operate with it when in reality, it's just partial truth at best. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? How many, uh, how many pictures do we see on social media that has been altered? So many selfies. <laughs> and then we go over here and we alter them and we make us look sharp when in reality, you ain't that sharp. <laughs> okay? It's a similarity, but in reality, we saw what you looked like the other day. <laughs> Are you following me? So is it really based on truth? No. It's not. I even found some, you know, I like to hunt. I even found some uh, 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 hunting pictures that, man, I thought, oh my God, I can't believe how big this animal is. I found out later how they doctor it. <laughs> the other day I went fishing. I caught a minnow this big. But see, in the kingdom of God, none of the laws that operate in the new creation are based on fallacy. That system is absolute and has protocols. God doesn't deal with mankind in doubt. He answers every question with an absolute. Are you following me? Now, if you can switch gears and get to really know him, I mean, talk about knowing, that's why you got to get to that secret place. You're going to get revealed knowledge that seems to be mysterious to fallen human nature that's been established from the foundation of the world. And God will reveal these secrets to you that seem to be mysterious to mankind. Okay? 
I mean, to them, they don't even understand how in the world... This is what they think. They think that you're scum that was on top of the lake somewhere. And and an accidental sun hit it. And you evolved to be the blob you are. (laughs) Hello. Now, now that's a trick of the devil. And here's the reason why it's a trick. Is to get you to think of yourself as nothing more than a blob. That was accidentally conceived. When in reality, you were planned and purposed by God. Now, see, that's, that's absolutes. Now, to do that, you're going to have to trust God. But to trust God, you're going to have to get to know him. You're going to have to go into that secret place and say, Hey, God, I want you to show me. I want you to revamp my thinking, revamp my belief system, revamp how I view myself, revamp everything in my life. And Jesus came to do that so he could give you a new heart that's cleaned from all that garbage so that you could really receive from God on a consistent, predictable basis. Instead of saying, God is the way we are, you never know what he's going to do. See, many of us have a picture of God the way we view ourselves. No wonder you're doubting God. You cannot look at God the way you see yourself. You have to look at God as absolute. He cannot lie. He wouldn't even if he could. Because he is love. And love and truth come together to purge out the weakness of, the, of that fallen human nature. That's what you find in the book. Well, let, let's just go there real quick. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Everybody here? Yeah. Y'all still love Jesus? Yeah. I'm having a little hard time with Ronnie, but I love Jesus. (laughs) Go with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 16. Let's just look at this verse. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody's going to get healed. Somebody's going to get healed this morning. Proverbs 16, verse 6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. When we talk about fear, we're talking about the reverential respect and honor for God. Okay? Why there's so much evil on the streets? There's been a disregard for God. After all, it's your faith. What, what's your faith? Whatever your faith is in. They'll get, you got stupid politicians. Whatever you believe in, whatever you, you just got to have something to believe in. Really? Really? There's only one thing to believe in. That you were designed to believe. And that's the, your creator. There's not one God. I mean, there's not five or six gods. There's only one God. Now go with me to Psalms chapter 85. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to be healed today. It's God's will that you be healed. He's wanting to heal you. He will heal you if you'll just believe that he wants you healed. Psalms 85. Look at this. Man, oh man, oh man. Why did I write that down? All right, Psalms 85. Let's just look here. At God, the Lord, will speak. For he will speak peace unto his children or his people and to his saints. He's going to speak what? Peace. Peace means that harmonious balance that it, where it all comes together and, and, and circumstances don't sway you. It just comes together where you know that you know that you know that you know and you're not disturbed. You follow me? He deals with them and he'll speak peace unto his saints. But let them not return again to folly. So that's why you got to hear God on a daily basis. You got to let him speak to you every day. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him or respect him, honor him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth, mercy and truth. Remember the word mercy, hasid. That's, that's part of uh, the, part. mercy is, is not something that you just, it's, it's, it's a compassion at the same time that it, it is love. Love is what produced the emotion of compassion. Mercy and truth are met. These two have joined forces. These two joined forces. Mercy and truth. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Because of this, truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good and our land shall yield her increase. And righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. And I, I don't have time to cover all that. You need to go back and read that for yourself. Psalms 85. You need to read the whole chapter. Join forces. Righteousness. Peace of kissed. And want to produce an outcome. Okay? Now, how did that happen? It came together in the person of Jesus. It came together in the person of Jesus. Jesus is the very love act of God. Okay, Jesus is, and Jesus did come to forgive you of your sin. He did come to take your place on the cross. He did come to take your penalty. He did come to do all that. But he also came, he also came to give you his way of living. You mean we can live like this, Pastor Ronnie? Yes, I didn't say that you were completely matured on it yet. Every baby that, it, 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 every person is born a baby. 
And the Bible says we have to be born again is what Jesus told Nicodemus. What is he saying? If you're going to come into this new creation, guess how you're going to come? As a baby. Babies don't know how any of this works. Babies are not born with wisdom. If they, were, if, they, if they came born with wisdom, guess what? They wouldn't wake mom and daddy up at 2 o'clock. Because they're not going to get the best of attention then. Change your diaper, stick a bottle in their mouth, and go back to bed. You follow me? <laughs> so they're not operating wisdom, are they? Okay. But you keep feeding the baby. That's what I want you to get. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He knows when you're going to enter into this new system, the new creation, you're going to enter in as a baby. But you don't want to invest your whole life in being a baby. The more you feed that baby, the more you take care of the baby. It's the natural course of the baby to begin to be inquisitive, to begin to learn, to begin to develop and understand skill. Do you follow? And as that happens, they begin to learn to walk. They be, and as they get older, guess what they want? They want to follow the loving steps of their parents. Well, in the new creation, guess what? You get born in as a baby, and the more you desire, 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 desire the sincere milk of the word, you're going to grow thereby. And the more you want to follow Jesus, big brother... And the heavenly father, the more you're going to want their insight, the more you want them to talk to you and give you the secrets of their success. And guess how it's revealed? In the secret union, the secret fellowship. You know, I took, Trey wasn't able to work. I mean, wasn't able to go, but I've been taking my grandsons hunting. My younger grandsons, there's two middle uh, grandsons, I got four, and I took the two middle ones to go hunting. And we had talked, and the more that we talk, the more they wanted, they asked me all kinds of questions about hunting. Guess what? I didn't get up here and give you a course on hunting. I ain't going to give you that. I I'm going to give you my secrets. <laughs> but I'll give them to my grandsons. Are you, are you following what I'm talking about? Why the Bible tells us to abide in that secret place of the Most High. Get into that secret place. I love to be shut in with God. I love for Him to give me revelation knowledge. All of a sudden, a light bulb goes off on me, and I say, Oh my goodness, that's why it didn't work. Because I misappropriate, I misused this. Okay? Now he doesn't, I don't feel condemnation about it. That's the thing. I don't feel condemnation. The other day, we, I had the two boys when we were hunting and, and we got out of the blind. It was probably, I don't know, after 9, 30, 10 o'clock. We got out the blind and started looking and we found a, a rub. 
And a rub for those that don't have it. That's where the bucks rub all the velvet off and they sharpen their, their antlers. And we found a rub. And one of the young ones, uh, the youngest one went over there and wanted to touch it. And I said, don't touch it. You'll leave human scent. Are you following me? Okay, here's the point. He didn't understand that secret. Okay? God's going to tell you don't touch something because you're going to leave a scent on it. You're going to contaminate it. If you really want to be successful, listen to what I'm saying because I'm loving you. I love you. I'm going to have to close with this. If you had any idea how much God loves you, your, really, your confidence is based on his love for you. Okay? And thank God with, for the great love wherewith he has loved us and gave himself for us. The Bible tells us, if the Father so loved us that he gave us his son, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Now, if God was going to hold out and didn't think you were worth it, he would withheld Jesus from all that punishment. But Jesus took that punishment to prove the Father's love that he's not holding out on you. He's holding out for you. And he wants to give you the secrets to this lifestyle whereby you can put things in order in your life. And I want to tell you the number one thing the first thing is consult God before anybody else. Find out what he's got to say. But do you know what Christians do? They make this statement. Well, I've done everything else except pray. I guess we got to pray now. Well, why didn't you pray beforehand? Why didn't you get in that, shut in, in that secret place with God and find out what he wanted you to do? how he wanted you to respond to that relative. No, no, you had to get the opinions of other relatives, didn't you? You had to tell them all about it, didn't you? You had to tell them how, how, and get them on your side as if that changes God. That doesn't change God. That just makes you look like a fool. Why didn't you just get in that secret place with the heavenly father and let his love touch your heart and thinking. So now when you deal with, with other people, you're dealing with them the way God wants to deal with them to get a different result. You know what insanity is? Keep on talking about that thing. Keep on being aggravated at that person. Keep, just keep it up. Just keep it up. Insanity is you griping and murmuring and complaining and expecting them to like you. That's insanity. You expect them to change towards you. They're not going to change. 
They're going to do just like you. <laughs> Y'all looking at me like a Pastor Ronnie, shut this up and turn it off. The reality is, get in that secret place. Let, let the law of love, the law of kindness, begin to deal with you. Because he's not going to withhold any good thing to those that walk uprightly. He'll freely give you all things that he promised you. And it's not based upon what other people do or don't do. It's based upon you. Glory to God. Father, I thank you. Now, Lord, I thank you for anyone in the sound of my voice that has any sickness or disease. Jesus, your word says that you moved with compassion and healed them all. Lord, if there's anyone that's sick, any type of disease, Jesus, you paid the price for their healing. And you want them healed. So, Father, as I pray, I speak to every sickness and disease in the authority of the name of Jesus, based upon the merits of the cross, and by the power of your resurrection, I command that sickness and disease to yield to the name of Jesus. In fact, we command you to leave their bodies. Father, we thank you for heavenly virtue flowing into their spirit, working the cure. Glory be to God. Can you say this with me out loud? Say it with all confidence, as if you know that you know that you know that you know. Thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes, I am the healed. Say it one more time. Thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes, I am the healed. Glory to God. Now, just, thank, just worship him a minute. We worship you for it. We thank you for it. Glory to God. You're the same God that performed those miraculous, miraculous things in the New Testament and throughout the Bible. We thank you you're alive today. Glory be to God. You're the same loving God. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, Father, if there's someone that doesn't know you, thank you that you draw them by your spirit, whether they're in this auditorium or viewing by live stream. Lord, I thank you that as they're drawn by your spirit, that they would confess you as Lord over their lives. And say, Jesus, come into my heart. Transform me. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, if you just do that, I don't have to get you to pray it. Just do it. Okay? If you just do that. And if you're here in the auditorium or if you're viewing by live stream and you, you say, I, I do that. I make Jesus the Lord of my life. He's Lord of my life. I declare him. Then you need to follow through.
You need to confess it before men. If you're here today, you need to see someone, maybe in the lobby, and go to that uh, table in the front and say, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. They want to give you some material to follow through with. The next steps. You're viewing by live stream? Email us. Tell somebody. Glory to God. Stand up with me, please. Glory to God. It went five minutes over, but that's okay. Glory to God. This was God time anyway. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you right now. When we get ready to leave this place, we thank you that your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. We hear your voice and the voice of another we will not follow. We thank you, Father, that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us your name to use, which we invoke and declare. Say this with me out loud in the name of Jesus. There'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, we're going to leave this place today. And as we go into our everyday lives, we thank you that you so fill us full of your love that every person we come in contact with, every person that your love just flows out of us, touches them. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.